is that one of the motivations, and it's why I began volume one, not with an attempt to unpick the mythology of Abraham and so on, trudging, if you did indeed do that, from Chaldea to the rough neighbourhood of the Promised Land, um, but in Elephantini, an actual documented place of mercenary Jewish soldiers and their families in the Persian period. Why I did that was because I thought there were very few... Uh, surprisingly few Jewish histories, which were about people other than rabbis and philosophers and sages, and that there was a huge kind of mass of Jewish experience, which is not purely assimilated, not assimilated particularly at all, that still is very self-consciously Jewish, but it takes place outside the yeshiva and the academy and the university. And, um, and very often those voices are exceptionally eloquent. We can hear them in letters and autobiographies or people who've wrestled with the the slide between being Jewish and being a devout Jew. And it's their story, both men and women, that I really felt there was an opportunity to tell. Mm. And in this second volume, you start in 1492 with so many stories, not as you right. say, not just of rabbis and philosophers, but a, a boxer in England, yeah. for example. Tell me a few of those stories while we're here. So who is this boxer that you write about? Um, the boxer is a truly extraordinary figure called Daniel Mendoza, who was a Sephardi tough from the East End, uh, where there was big Sephardi community. And um, he's unique, not just because he's the first, as far as I can make out, self-published sports celebrity in the world, but also because he'd grown up having endlessly to deal with being picked on anti-Semitically, half of the course in late 18th century England. But he, in a very self-conscious way, wanted to kind of overthrow the notion of all Jews as kind of knuckle-cracking dealers in old clothes and whiskery rabbis. There were plenty of Jews in 18th century England who did not. It's why the, the, the chapter is actually titled Jews Without Beards. But it, there was something very, in a way, for better or worse, I'm sure Vladimir Jabotinsky would have realised um, the kind of tough early Zionists. There was a very self-conscious sense of wanting to create a Jew as a strong man, but a Jew not just as a tough, but a Jew who would practice what Mendoza himself called the science of boxing. Sort of think about anatomy, think about the perfect diet, think about the training regimen, be very, very lively on his feet. I, of course, had tremendously Muhammad Ali kind of at the back of my mind and the sense in which Mendoza was a kind of an actor. He, he instead of running away from being Jewish, he understood rather brilliantly as a kind of self-promoter, there was something to be done in pitting the, the ultimate pink-skinned English gentleman in the shape of Richard Humphreys, his tremendous sort of arch enemy, against a short, tough, very athletic, fast-moving <laughs> Sephardi Jew who was able to write uh, a book about the art of boxing and it was able to write his own autobiography. So that was kind of irresistible. And you know, when you think about, you know, most Jewish histories, really, even if they're not overwhelmingly rabbinic, they are very unlikely to sort of include in their pages this extraordinary story. And it's very important because he was the most famous Jew in England ever you know, up to that time, arguably. And he did absolutely change the stereotype of what Jews were supposed to be like mm. in Britain. And it actually, in a kind of crude way, made an incredible difference. Mm. You mentioned stereotypes and anti-Semitism, obviously, is a, is a massive part of this period. 
many, everyone, hopefully everyone listening will be familiar with the atrocities of the 20th century, right. but maybe less familiar with yeah. anti-Semitism before that. Yeah. Um, a, a constant issue, I, I think. Yeah, it's hard for me because the entire one thing I didn't say to you was that it was originally supposed to be one volume, it's now definitely only going to be three. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I suppose associated with also wanting to, tell, to sort of give voice to Jews who, whose voices don't often appear in, I think it's about Abraham Colorni, the great escapologist in the Italian Renaissance. Um, apart from wanting to do that, I wanted it to be a project about vitality, not mortality, not completely controlled by the inevitable railway track to Auschwitz, as though, you know, that dominates everything we think about and true of the kind of martyrologies. Nonetheless, as you say, you know, two things I think people for whom Jewish history is just about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or indeed about the Shoah, about the Holocaust, may be surprised to discover is one, the absolute non-stop emotional and physical connection between the Jews.